0: Seven escut, and the futures rock and roll. Welcome to Dunk Teenie, episode forty-five. On today's show. Simone manages to have a cultural experience in Kansas City. Stephanie explains her evolution as a former hater of L.A. And the ladies brainstorm on ways to overcome their crippling depression. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury.
1: Hello, Simone. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong
2: very well. Thank you, Stephanie. How are you, Dong?
1: I think I'm Dong pretty well. Um, I talked for a long time today with Matt Dwyer. He's also on Feral Audio and he's so oh, cool. nice. Yeah. He's, um, I never, you know, obviously I never met him, but he did, he did a podcast um, with Duncan a few weeks ago and then Dustin put him on Feral because he said, do you need to have a podcast full time? And I think he had one a while ago back in Chicago. I'm sorry if I'm messing that up. But anyway, yeah, no, he's from Chicago. Okay, yeah, he's super rad. And um, on his first um, podcast he did, he interviewed Shane... I, oh, I don't want to screw up his last name, so I won't, I won't even try to say it. But <laughs> it, was, it was the guy who um, who's kind of obsessed with, like, Gigi Allen and um, uh, John Wayne Gacy. And he also did this, like, this project where he recorded Dana Plato's Last Breath. What? And, and everyone was all, you know... How does one out do that? that? Right? I... I I don't even know all the details but I'm totally gonna to find out because I was listening to it and yes. I, shit, this is amazing and um, yeah so it was a super uh, yeah I just like Matt Dwyer so that's the moral of the story and he's on feral audio and I like him and Yay. I think all the podcasts are really good on here um, not to brag but uh, <laughs> yes
2: yes we're amongst good people so. on, on feral audio but yeah. but yeah I think it's you know, I think feral audio has a good a good uh, model, you know, because it's uh, yeah, because we didn't really explain what Feral Audio was too well, other than saying what Couple of shows that we're on, but but yeah, it's, it's a podcast collective. So you may not know this, but if you listen to other podcasts that are on uh, like a network, I won't name any names, but if there's <laughs> advertising on there, a lot of times the whoever's running the, the site uh, they keep all the ad money, and the artists are just supposed to be happy to have a podcast and somebody putting it off for them. So it's kind of unfair. So Dustin, sweet, sweet, lovely, wonderful Dustin, decided this is bullshit, and so he started this collective. So it's a breakdown now. What any any donation that are made all the podcasts are free but any donations that are made uh 80 will go to the artists and then 20 percent goes to you know admin fees and stuff like that so so it's very artist friendly and that's why we like them and they're good to us they're and nice. uh, we'll, we will try to be good to them by doing good shows so th- <laughs>
1: that's the idea it's like the collective is kind of like a credit union as opposed to a bank exactly <laughs> that's kind of how i was viewing it yes <laughs> banks are evil are, you know, <laughs> collectives are good
2: we want to join a credit union but there's just not one conveniently really? located oh are you yeah. serious yeah that's too bad
1: yeah oh f- my god that really sucks because you're in you're right in hollywood too so
0: I would yeah think that there would be but them, there's though. like
2: there's a Citibank at the end of our street for christ's Fuck. sake you know what i mean it's hard to like give that shit up you know i'm <laughs> on my way to do some other errand i'm on my way to get cat food <laughs> yeah i'll just deposit my paycheck done you know
1: it's,
0: oh my it's like word, fucking crack. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well. That's how they get you. They're enablers.
2: They are. Yeah. Smo is gonna be getting some caffeine <laughs> We're right here. <laughs> Gosh.
1: So you were just in Kansas City last week?
2: Yes, I was. I was there for, for four days. And um, how did yeah. that grab you? Uh, actually, well, it's funny because when I first found out I was going there, I, I go there for I travel for trade shows, listeners. So, um, so yes, the first time I heard I was going there, I'm like, ugh, because when you don't know much about a place and it's in the south, you just assume it's going to be full of backwards people and just you know, yeah. not not good. But anyway, but Greg told me he's like, oh no no, Kansas City is really cool. They have lots of cool vintage stores and lots of you know, hip stuff going on. So I was like, okay, so you know, I cleared my head of my initial feelings of it, and yeah, and it's totally it's a gorgeous city, and I really liked it, and apparently. Apparently, there's dangerous neighborhoods but i didn't see any of that but um but yeah but there's they've got a uh i met up with listener nadine so we have a listener named nadine oh, and we've been corresponding right. um you know
1: through email she's for the so last... funny
2: she is she's hilarious and she's hilarious in person too and she's she's a jolly good time and i i recommend her to anybody um <laughs> <laughs>
3: but started um
1: that um shut the fuck up christian's tumblr site where people yes, would um yeah put like take screen caps of like obnoxious christian facebook statuses that you yes. couldn't really unfriend someone for because they're in your family but you could vent by putting it on there so she was like the genius behind that
2: yes that was her she hasn't touched it in a while but maybe if more people go and visit shut the fuck up christian's uh tumblr page then she might uh, feel the need to start it up again so anyway so i hung out with Nadine, and her husband is a composer and he they have this really cool thing um because I guess to keep the art community thriving in Kansas City, because it has a big art community, um, mm-hmm. they started this thing called um, Charlotte Street, and they essentially give money to artists and give space to artists. So there's all these like abandoned uh, office buildings downtown, and they just give whole floors to artists to do stuff. So this particular mm-hmm. night, her husband, uh, who's a composer, he uh, there was like a jazz ensemble and a gamelan ensemble, like Balinese it's instruments, um, and so yeah, so it's, it's so that? surreal. I like we have dinner at this vegetarian restaurant, and then we. We go up into this office building, and there's just, like, like 200 people watching this, this you know, jazz and uh, gamelan ensemble. And then, and I was like, this is great. And then, and it's, in, you know, there's, like, cubicles and stuff, like, in the distance, you know? It's not, like, totally refurbished or anything. And then there's this dancing stage, a dance floor, and then this guy starts doing an interpretive dance. And I'm like, where the fuck am I? Like, how do I end up? I'm here for a work trip, and now I'm, like... In an office building in the night, watching you know Balinese music with interpretive dance, you know it was really fucking surreal, but um, wow. yeah, okay. so it was a bit of a like, Jesus Christ. But you know I liked it because it was so fucking unexpected. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the music was really great. And uh, and then and then all these like old cubicles from the office space are just given to artists as like a space to paint and do stuff. And then like this whole offices like where, you know, managers would be and I guess other artists have the offices. And this one guy has this room that's filled with balloons and that that's his art. It was such bullshit. Just this room filled with balloons and he just has people go in there and like interact with the balloons. And so <laughs>
1: Interpretive balloon
0: interacting.
2: Yeah, and I totally went for it, because I'm like, I'm here, I'm going to do weird, crazy things like interact with balloons. So, yeah, so I go in there, and I start tossing the balloons around, and it wasn't very exciting. I commended him on the freshness of the balloons. You know how old balloons get that dullness to them? These are all fresh and shiny. I was like, wow, these balloons are very fresh. And he said, yes. I was like, I blew them up a couple of days ago. I'm like, hmm, very good, I can tell.
1: I commended him on the freshness of the balloons. (laughs) Could that please be our tagline, or yeah, true bio?
2: It totally should. I commend you. So anyway, so I'm like tossing these balloons around, but you know they're just then just filled with human breath, not so they're not as exciting as they could be. Anyway and then I yeah. got this idea I just wanted to like just drop down and fall onto the balloons because there were tons of them. Anyway and I was about to just do it because I was just caught up in the moment of being in balloons uh, and then he's like yeah you might want to You might want to be careful because there's chairs there. So I was like oh and then he moved this little oh. stool out of the way and then I did it but all the balloons just went everywhere and just like parted like the red fucking sea and so I landed <laughs> on my ass. So yeah that oh. was, it wasn't so It just hurt for like a couple of minutes, but yeah, so I just got, I just tried to enjoy the balloons as best I could. So
0: anyway, but Nadine took some pictures from the doorway of me
1: interacting with balloons.
2: There's one picture I'm there and the next minute I'm gone because I've fallen into the
1: balloons. (laughs) I was going to say, I was like, I wish that was videotaped. So it looks like they at least took pictures.
2: Yeah. Well, he takes pictures. I guess that's his art project and uh, yeah but Nadine took pictures just because I was being a dick so um, <laughs> yeah so yes yeah, so Kansas City I loved it I went to a movie yesterday and I was the only one in the theater what have, have you ever had that happen no yeah I, was, I, I don't was. think so yeah
1: actually, I was one- actually, actually actually okay this was you know when Mariah Carey's glitter was in the theater and it was just me and my friend Erica and then like um, two gay men <laughs> Oh, there
2: was that. <laughs> see, that's cool. See, I had that closeness once. Me and my family, my mom and dad and my sister and I went to see Defending Your Life, uh, the Albert Brooks movie in like 1992. Okay. And um, and then there was one other couple in the theater and that was it for that. Weird. So this is my new record. I was the only one. Like I walked into the place and there was no one at the front. And then finally this girl came out. I'm like, um, is Hit So Hard playing at 7.15? She was like, yeah. So she sold me my ticket and I bought a gin and tonic and... That was the only one there. So, which yeah. movie was it? It's so hard. It's a it's a documentary about uh, Patty Shemel, the drummer from Hall. So, oh. um, a lot of great archival uh, Kurt Cobain footage and Courtney footage, oh, and yeah. I mean, I was you know so into Hall. I mean, I still love that. I still love holes, so no no shame there. But um yeah, so yeah, it was a really it was a really good documentary and Roddy from Faith No Moore was in it. it and Oh yeah, he it's, is? it's yeah, because yeah, he's Aww. he's Patty's best friend, so yeah, so oh yeah, God. no, I really enjoyed it. But it was weird because, like, I laughed out loud a couple times and I felt weird. Like, you'd think I would be free to, like, just belly laugh, but I wasn't. I felt That's so, so cool. weird. Like, I was all alone. Really? Yeah. Because I, I, it, it was in such a big theater and I'm by myself. So, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of strange.
1: That would but, be kind anyway. of creepy.
2: Yeah, I think I felt less creepy because the, I knew the girl working there was a girl and not some creepy guy who's like perving on me from the projection <laughs> booth, masturbating. <laughs> 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 what an unsexual sight a girl with stinky feet with her f- shoes off watching a movie. It's not. Really oh, that's that a exciting. total foot
1: fetish fantasy. Oh, I though. guess it
2: could be, yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah, that was my, my, my trip to Kansas City, and now I'm back.
1: I've only been up there one time and it Yeah, was you had like, weird
2: feelings, what was your day? I know,
1: yeah, I was asking, I was like, oh, Kansas City But um, then I told you, it's been fully 20 or 25 years since I've been there And I went with my parents when I was 13 So, like, how fun is that gonna be? But, um, yeah. I remember we. My parents wanted us to take the train They're like, you guys are never taking the train anywhere We're gonna take the train up to Kansas City And, um, I remember I was wearing my new Land's End dress that had sun chairs all over it, and that was very exciting And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish I could find a picture of that um, and I was listening to Tiffany's It Must Have Been Love, But It's Over Now single on my Walkman over and over.
2: <laughs> Tiffany? Was not that, that Roxette?
1: That was, um, this was in like 87.
2: Tiffany had a song so, called It Must Have Been Love, But It's Over must Now. Been, oh,
1: was that Debbie Gibson? Was that Debbie Gibson? No, it must have been love, no, but, but it's, it's over oh, now. Oh, no, no, no. That's Roxette. That's, that's, that's Roxette. That's from Pretty Woman. So it wasn't that. It was... Um, <laughs> Oh, this is going to bug me now. It was, it was a song totally like that. Oh, shit. Um, Gosh. Lost Do in you Your wanna... Eyes. I get lost in your eyes. That song. Oh, right,
2: right. Do you want to know a version of, <laughs> you want to know a stupid version of It Must Have Been Love that I wrote when I was 12? <laughs> Only. Oh, it must have been sex, but it's over now. It must have been good, but I lost it somehow. Must have been sex, but it's over now. It's where the sperm goes. (laughs) It's where the baby grows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I made that up when I was 12. I thought it was brilliant. (laughs) (sighs) So anyway, continue. So yeah, Debbie Gibson and you went to Kansas City.
1: Yeah and I I just remember dirtiness like like dirty old smokestacks and uh, I don't I think we stayed in a really old hotel downtown and yes. that was awesome but it felt haunted you know oh, <laughs> I get
2: that they've really cleaned it up like all the buildings are so beautiful but um, they've really put a lot into like reviving the downtown um, cool. the Kansas City light and power is behind this because I guess they have one of the oldest buildings so they put all this all money right. so it's really kind of happening but you know kind of in a Little bit of a plasticky way, but they really kept the shelves of a lot of the old buildings, so it's still really nice. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you this about uh, back to Nadine. Um, uh-huh. She asked me. She's like, "So you, you like living in L.A.?" And reminded me of you and your uh, and when, when Stephanie and I were first friends, she didn't know she wanted to be my friend, not just because I lived in L.A., but because I lived in L.A. and I liked it. So. I tried to explain to her why I liked it, but I've always liked it. So I thought I'd defer to you, Stephanie, a hater, and why? What is it that you like? She she mentioned the strip malls, and I was like, yes, the strip malls are ugly, but you like L. A. Now, please explain. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, my impression of L. A. Had always been just the few times I'd been before I met you had been just a bunch of you know what you know what people typically think smog and um, you know plastic surgery and it just didn't seem like it any place that somebody (laughs) interesting could stand to live but I'm like but this is some you know I liked you and I'm like Neil Hamburger lives there good lord okay I'd I'd only you know I'd never been around Hollywood and so every time I'd go down and and see you I just liked it more and more and yeah, now i am a fan but i i think it's just that 90210 kind of image that I, oh. I that formed when i was you know in ninth grade and totally um i never got to explore but nadine had the same feelings it sounds like
2: yeah she's been there like two or two or three or four times and yeah she just doesn't like it yeah she in fact she huh. said no i hate it and i was like oh <laughs>
1: well i i think that I want to know what neighborhood she's been to because before, for me, I'd been to Santa Monica and I'd been to Culver City. <laughs> yeah,
2: see, I don't think Santa Monica is... I, I always feel... I didn't you like know, it. I mean, you know, there are parts of it that are nice, like where Tommy lives, but just like the main area that people go to, like the promenade and stuff, it's very right. It's very sort of, you know, plasticky. And, yeah, I don't, yeah, it, it felt like any, Dallas It doesn't have a lot me, of character.
1: Like, yeah, sure. That's exactly it. So she just yeah. needs to come to Las Feliz and Silver Lake. And-
2: that's right. So, But she did say hate, so we'll see what we can do. But um, I'll fix it, just like I fix people with Vegemite. I I get people to convert to Vegemite because I I know how to ease them into it. You do. So, I do. Um, now last week you had a mashup, that was your summer jam, and oh, yeah. uh, and you thought that there was some way that I could like this song. You mentioned there was rap, and I said yeah. I thought there would just be some rap in it but in fact, and you're like, oh, but they play like Jackson 5 and all these other, sampling all these other songs. I thought, well, oh, maybe there's a chance. But no, they're like rapping over all these yeah, songs. Over so yeah, over each yeah, That Yeah, to me that's just shitting on something I like. It's like, oh, <laughs> yay, this music, I like this. And then the rapping starts I'm like, now you just shit on it. Thank you. So yeah, hated it, sorry. I And, and then you were saying uh, in the comments because somebody mm-hmm. was, you know, we were talking about in the comments that, you know, you, you, you like things that people you like like and then that made me feel like an asshole but um and i tend to do that too i tend to do that too but (laughs) rapping i can't i can't overcome i cannot overcome but i definitely i I definitely do like things more if i think people like them and it makes me i think fondly of them because they like it but i can't do it on the rapping i'm afraid
1: that's okay i like thinking of you enjoying
2: it i do enjoy that
1: (laughs) i don't know what it is because like the grapes of rad have those that dubstep stuff and like i if I hear that on the radio, it's it's really difficult for me. But if I have, you know, and I, I wouldn't stick around and listen to it, you know, if I'm in the car by myself. But if, um, but their songs that they have, like, I downloaded them, their summer jams, and I, I freaking put them on mixes because I'm like, I like to think about this making Aaron happy. Like, I never would have done that like 10 years ago. It's really yeah. weird. So it might have to do with like getting older, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm
2: just a, I'm just a young whippersnapper
1: of 34. Celine a... Dion, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I don't think I have any friends who really enjoy Celine Dion, but that would be the ultimate test. Like yeah. to see if I could like sit through that and go, Oh yeah, that's so sweet, she likes food. Yeah.
2: Well my mom when she visited a few years ago there was some Garth Brooks song that she was looking for and we took it to Amoeba oh. and she found it and she was so happy that she found this song so then she goes back to Australia and then she just keeps listening to this song and then next time I see her she's like oh this is a song and then she was like getting all sentimental like she you know ties it up with me wow. and then I heard the song and I hated it and I was like do You're not like, no, please don't do associate not associate them. me with this song no it's horrible and she looked a little crushed but I just hated it I'm Aww. like I do not know I, I was like because she didn't even listen to it while she was here she's gone and constructed this at home Later, so I was like, "Don't, don't, please." Oh, yeah, just enjoy it for its own merits. I don't like this song.
1: Oh God. Oh. Well, my thing about Garth Brooks is, is I had to listen to it when I was sitting on the lifeguard stand, like every day, over and oh. over, because I lifeguarded in, um, you know, Texas, and like right, you know, I'm 19, whatever, and, and I only listened to Helmet at that time, basically. <laughs> and sometimes quicksand, you know, Primus. And this, I would have to listen to these new country stations. And all the girls I worked with, you know, were super prissy, typical Texan lifeguards. And um, they're like, don't you love this song? It's so sweet. And it was um, Garth Brooks. Um, I've, you know, I've got fr- So I know all the words to I've got friends in low places. because <laughs> 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 I, like, I had to sit there. And I, I just remember, like, feeling like my skin was crawling. like Because like, I was powerless. Like, they would yeah, not yeah. put it on anything else. And, it's know, horrifying. Know, yeah, I you got heard, in trouble um, for... Go ahead.
2: Oh, have you heard Garth Brooks' metal persona?
1: Oh, was it um, Chris Haynes or Chris Gaines or something? Was that his name? Or did you have sure a different c- one besides that?
2: I don't know. I, I never heard it, but I was always fascinated by the fact that he did it. Uh, it was just, it kind of made him awesome, even though nothing he had done before really? was awesome. I mean, just, I just love the idea that he would even try to do that. So I kind of, I never bothered to hear the music, but I guess you didn't either. So Ugh. we should endeavor to do that.
1: Hey, let me sing him some for you. Blame it all on my roots.
2: No, I, I mean, no, no. Built. I mean, it's metal stuff. I've heard the fucking other shit. You can't sell 12 <laughs> trillion albums and I don't fucking hear it. Oh.
1: Okay. There was also this other song called Please Don't Take the Girl and it was, you know, country song, and the first verse was about how there's um, a little boy and a little girl grew up on the same street, and um, they were gonna go fishing, and or the dad and dad and little boy were gonna go fishing, and then the dad's like, we're gonna take the girl, and the guy's like, please, don't take the girl. And so then, um, you know, 10 years later, they're on a date, and then they get held up in the car, and um, the girl's at gunpoint, and the guy goes, please, don't take the girl, and then another 10 years later, um, she had babies, she's on the operating table and, and she's fixing to die and, and the guy pleaded with God, please, don't take
2: the girl. That's, what a shitty fucking song. <laughs> oh, I hate this. I fucking hate this.
1: <laughs> See, I have, Shluck. I cannot conjure any warm feelings for that song. I'm, no. Oh. So I think it just purely exists if there's someone that I know who likes <laughs> it. That, I don't know, that was a bad one. That one was rough. Definitely. Daddy,
3: please,
1: don't take
0: the girl. Hello, classy ladies. This is Kate Jones again. I was actually your first caller. Uh, so I'm accommodating and things because you have penises all over your page. Which isn't safe. My face. All right. So I do have a question. It's actually a question that I've posed other places on the internet. I imagine it's pretty normal, but I go through these really extreme existential funks, where I can't actually function in real life because I don't care about anything at all. And so I figure both of you probably go through something like this. It's not the same. Um, so I guess it would be cool if you could talk about kind of what you do for that or how you deal with that um i guess if that involves drugs and alcohol then sure plug that um so yeah that'd be great answer that question go for it all right bye i love katie
1: and her voicemails she always asks really good questions she does thank you katie Um yeah thanks katie you're very existential and um, yes katie actually got in a twitter fight with mark driscoll on saturday and that was very the exciting. real Mark driscoll <laughs> yes back at her it was fantastic i'll put a screen cap of it on the website Please, so good. yeah good she wins a prize me, that? for that i know he never responds to anyone and she really struck a chord with him so congratulations but um i oh should i talk about the dongs now
2: yeah talk about the dongs now
1: should we talk? To, okay, um, we, Simone and I were wondering if the dongs on our page, on the wallpaper, are too pronounced.
2: Yes, as, as Katie mentioned, she's afraid to go to our <laughs> website to comment because of the dongs. So, yeah, we had <laughs> we had a whole background issue going for a while, and then, uh, you know, I. Uh, Dawn, our friend, she drew us some beautiful dongs and I had this idea of just making them sort of muted and in the background with like a pink, you know, like pink over them. And so I put them up, but you know, the more they're there, I I don't know, I'm, I'm prepared to open that page at work. Are you comfortable opening our page at work? I am. You are. Yeah. yeah, and and I'm just as afraid of having dongs on the, my screen at work as anybody else. <laughs> Me too. But I feel I don't actually the, the logo that says Dong Teeny. I, I quickly scroll past that because I think that's more eye catching. But I'm not yeah. actually afraid of the wallpaper dongs. So that was my uh, my uh, measure, listener. If you are finding the dongs a little too scary, it's not. I don't yeah. have a boss that's cool with dongs on on the work screen but um, yeah. yeah so maybe we'll put a poll up on the website to just get people's idea if they think the dongs are too pronounced because I have actually started working on a lighter dong so it's even more like you really have to squint to see the dongs but they will be there so um, yeah yeah so uh, please drop by dongteeny.com and uh, and share your thoughts um, but now Stephanie do you want to uh, uh, move on now and talk about uh, Katie's uh, a serious question
1: yeah so what she's saying that she's saying that she feels depressed? Kind of yeah yeah um, just like doesn't care about an anything rut.
2: doesn't doesn't want to yeah. do anything and what do we do to, to overcome that because she's correct we do both get like that <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I got I was diagnosed with depression when I was thirteen and it wow. went untreated till I was probably twenty one Jesus Christ like, I know and now I'm I'm really mad like when they finally put me on meds when I was twenty one because I I'd been through this bad breakup. In, in college it just wasn't when i was 13 and i just could not get out of bed and um yeah so that my roommate's like are you okay you know and and i went to the doctor went on i guess it was prozac and that that helped so much i know it's not for everybody i know you have to yeah you know, experiment with different drugs but for some people but so that was fantastic for me and now i'm really upset that no one i lived that long like you know probably being functionally depressed why did why were you
2: you uh diagnosed as depressed and then nothing happened after that i don't know what do they do just give a little punch on the
1: chin and say cheer up i don't know know. they're like okay well this is what's wrong with her and i just i think that's why i was depressed that no one really gave a shit you know i think that was probably the underlying cause of it so there's that but um yeah so i i'm all that to say i'm pro medicine when i bet i also you know i also think you can rely on it and that's not good but i mean if you need it you need it and and there's a gi- gigantic difference to me like today i was actually coming into work and i was feeling i was actually feeling pretty low and like more so than i have in a long time it's kind of unexplained i'm like am i pmsing what's going on and then i realized i didn't take my meds yesterday right <laughs> so right. yeah so but even while you're on your
2: meds do you have like low moments Um, because because i still do mine i can't sort of relate to medication necessarily i'll just go into seriously seriously deep (laughs) funks, and just feel like i can't do anything feeling just really worthless and just Mm. you know i just think everything i'm doing is fucked and a waste of time and you know and it's and it's really hard to to get out of bed and do anything and you know i'm just barely functional i just sort of you know Try and get through it, and, and when it's happening, you feel like, yeah, this is this is this is the real me, and this is just gonna stick now. It's finally come out, and here it is this day, and I'm just gonna have to figure out a way to exist in this mode. But then, it kind of, you know, it, it does end up going away, you know, and and you know, I've, part of me just kind of goes through. I don't drink too much. I drink a bit, but probably no more than usual because I kind of drink. I feel like
1: really. drinking makes it worse. You think I don't drink? Yeah, it does for me. So I just yeah. don't touch it, and I have alcoholism like all up and down both sides of my family. So right, I'm right, of that, right. So.
2: Yeah. I know I think uh, I try to just think my way out of it and just it's hard to remember though that this keeps happening every every few months you know and that it, it ends up yeah. going away it's, it's hard to remind yourself of that when you're in it but the yes. more I, if I do though I, it kind of helps me think it's okay it'll pass it'll pass but sometimes when you're in it it really feels like this is it this is gonna continue forever because I'm yeah. like it. yeah here it
1: is this is me but um, yes I'm like this, is, this time's gonna I'm always afraid this time's gonna be worse than ever and I won't be able to pull myself out this time and yeah then that kind of just fuels It and then it also throws in anxiety too. So if you get a panic attack going on top of that, then you're definitely fucked for at least 24 hours.
2: Yeah, I would say the last funk I was in was aided just by. It was the promise of anxiety assistance because the feelings <laughs> like that make me more anxious, and then the anxiety just makes everything worse because I'm stressed about how much I can't function and can't do stuff. So mm-hmm. last time I was having a really bad time, and I, you know, I got on a new health plan with my work, and I was like freaking out. I felt like I need counseling, I need therapy. I'm fucking cracking yeah. up. And then I called and I, I, I found out that I could get, you know, counseling through my work plan, business, through my company health plan for like, you know, thirty bucks a session or something. It was very affordable, and I was like great. Mm-hmm. And they were really sweet on the phone. And then as soon as I was off the phone and I knew that I had it, I felt, I swear to God, it must have felt like 80% better. Like, awesome. I was like, just knowing, like, so much of it is just is just the stress of thinking you have nowhere to go and nothing to do. So as soon as I knew yeah. that I had that, I actually didn't, I was like, okay, well, I will guess I'll try and make an appointment soon. And then I never did. And I still haven't. That's right. And I know can, I can. But, but I, swear, I swear I felt a million times better just knowing it. And then I got some, uh, some uh, Xanax for the anxiety. And I've hardly taken it because... It just, you know, just knowing I have it is just such a relief and pretty much since I got it, it just it's just working a placebo effect in my purse, you know, yes. because, because the anxiety when you're worried that you're anxious and that you're freaking out, oh my God, and I'm freaking out and I'm going to ruin everything and that just makes the anxiety yeah. worse. So knowing yeah. that it can't because I'm like, oh, I'll just take a pill and I'll be fine. That just alleviates so much of it. So that's, you know, that's how I deal with that. I think finding a way to manage the anxiety, which I think for me is a big part of the problem is is very helpful. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. I love that. I love that you just yeah. feeling like you were able to have access to help is what helped you. Exactly, that's just the coolest. That's so empowering, you know. Yeah. So um,
2: I think that makes a huge difference.
1: And I think a lot of it too is is listening to lies. Like, and I think I figured this out in therapy at some point that, um, you know, you get depressed by listening to lies, but and then you you start to believe the lies because you get confused about what the truth is, and so yeah, like, it's really cheesy. But I'll do affirmation.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, affirmations are hard for me to get behind because I'm so cynical. It was cynical. so cheesy. Yeah, we are like... I am not like, my hair. No, I am so great. Oh, that reminds me. When I was at um, when I was in um, in Kansas City, they have one in LA, but I've never been. But they have a cafe gratitude. Have you heard it? No. Well, all the items on the menu will be like two bean what? tacos with avocado and stuff. But they name things like I am honest and I am beautiful and. I am awesome. So stuff like that. And you can't order it and say, uh, I'll just get the two tacos. They wow. make you say the I am whatever. So I ordered the I am thriving, and uh, oh, nice. which was a mushroom soup, and the I am fortified, <laughs> So which was the tacos. I didn't want to say I was fortified. I didn't really that's know so how to describe awesome. myself as fortified, but that's just what I wanted, the tacos. So anyway, so then um, a different girl to the one who took my order came in. And she didn't know. She was just con- confirming. She was like, "Did you order the thriving?" I said, "Yep." And she puts it down. She goes, "You are thriving."
1: Oh, <laughs> that's, that's so cheesy and so awesome too. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot. Oh. I thought it would be
2: much more uncomfortable and awful than it was, but yeah, I actually didn't mind it at all. And they don't make you just say "I am thriving." You could say, "I'll have the I am thriving." Yeah. So that was okay. So I was just
1: thinking, like the one that I probably couldn't order. Like most women are probably like that. They would not be able to order the "I am beautiful." yeah it's more. true <laughs> no one can say that out loud in front of people yeah sure. but
2: you could if you were with your friends you go I am beautiful and just do it all sarcastic and you're like ha 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 see I'm just yeah. making a big joke out of it because really I hate myself right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know okay um when I was feeling depressed this morning and then I got you know I, I got to work and I opened an email from you and I felt better oh you
2: did Aww. yes yeah, your emails so, um, from you always make me feel better. Emails from anyone. Any emails, personal emails directed at me make me feel so happy. If they're just, you know, relating and conversational, it just cheers yeah. me up so much. Gosh, I need to stop using that email to sign up for things. So I can't tell you how devastated I am when it's just like another option to do a survey for,
1: you know, 50 cents. I know. I have <laughs> I've, like, put so many things in folders, like, you know, market as spam, and you know, so I don't get nearly as many of those. Because it's just a letdown, you know, when you... Yeah look at you're like yay oh crap
2: yeah but, totally
1: um just being able to i don't know to have friends i guess katie <laughs> that will tell you you know they're sweet and nice and and look for those people because you might have a lot in your life that aren't that good for you and, yes you know i, I mean I, I feel like i did for a long time
2: and... yes no me too and i feel like I've, 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 I've kind of weeded out the crap so yeah good on your friends
0: yeah, katie
1: Okay, so today, I, um, I saw this on the Huffington Post. Um, here's the title. Illinois Senate, miniature horses are acceptable service animals.
0: <laughs> and it has pictures of little miniature horses. And here's how it goes.
1: For people who would benefit from a service animal that aren't too keen on dogs, the Illinois State Senate passed a bill Tuesday that adds a new alternative option. Miniature horses.
2: Wow! <laughs> the I am require... moving to Illinois and gouging I my know. eyes out. I want a miniature well, horse there are... as a service animal.
1: I know, <gasps> and you should, but there, it has naysayers. The measure would require schools to allow children with disabilities to bring service miniature horses to school functions, both indoors and outdoors. Oh, God! Well... <laughs> <laughs> I know! <laughs> then it says... While well, the bill's sponsor says the bill will make the state more accommodating of people with disabilities. A senator who voted against the measure says he thinks miniature horses would be problematic in schools. Who
2: is that, Senator Asshole? <laughs> oh. <laughs> God, I hate that guy, whoever he is.
1: <laughs> I so want there to be a little miniature horse in the classroom. Well, I know! Because
2: of
1: my, oh, <sighs> I pay...
2: Can you imagine how great it would be if you're just like crossing the street and a blind person walks up with a miniature (laughs) horse? (gasps)
3: It would be the best.
2: (sighs) I'm gonna push for this measure in California because I want to see some fucking miniature horses in a mountain. About I'm sick of fucking Labradors.
1: Oh seriously, they would let them on the bus. They'd have to, and on airplanes.
2: Die! If I saw him in general, <laughs> just out and about with a little harness on,
0: oh harness, oh, harness!
2: <sighs> <laughs> I'm flapping my arms with excitement. <laughs>
1: have I? Have, have you shown the listeners how, with the sound that you make when you see a cute cat?
2: Oh well, I did it just before, but just so it's official. If I see something cute, especially when the cats, my cats do something cute, which they do often, I go.
3: Oh, God!
2: (laughs) (laughs) And that was my reaction to the miniature horse. Obviously.
1: I love that so much. And Greg does it, too. He does it, too. Yes. So I've been doing it when the kids are cute. And David's like, what is that horrible sound you're making? I'm like, Greg does it, too. Okay.
2: Horrible sound. It's just delight. Just in its rawest form. There's nothing else to say. No.
0: very primal. That's
2: what they need in fucking on Facebook. Like. That's not going to cover it. They need an <laughs> Oh God!
1: button. <laughs> and it would have to have a sound effect feature where it would say that as you clicked it.
2: <laughs> yes! <laughs>
1: Two likes, 17.
2: Oh God!
1: That's the end of my news bulletin. Well, it was fantastic. But that was, like, the best thing I read. It is the best yeah. thing
2: ever. Cool. Well, I quickly wanted to mention, discuss. Um, my my best friend in Australia, Danny Kaye, he was doing our voiceovers while I was recording episodes there. Thank you, Dan. Um, he had an incident he was having a sort of a a networking meeting with a woman. He runs a a blog, The Milk Bar Mag in Melbourne, which is a great blog of, you know, what's happening in Melbourne. And anyway, so he's meeting with this woman about, you know, I don't know, social media or some shit. Anyway, so they're just meeting over tea. They have tea. The lady orders fries and Dan doesn't order anything to eat. After 10 minutes... They're cold and she hasn't eaten any fries, right? So Dan eats two. One, two.
0: (laughs) The other lady still
2: doesn't eat any fries. And then a homeless person comes by when they're just about done wrapping up. So Dan tells the the, the homeless person that they can have the fries. And then when it's time to pay, the other lady's splitting the bill and says, well, you got the fries. What is that? Um, Can you believe she did that? And Dan was just incredulous and he just went along with it yeah the goal i couldn't fucking believe wow. that yeah how well did he know this person he didn't know that well it was more of a businessy type meeting so yeah Jeez. i wouldn't trust a person working with the person i think she was more like helping him or giving him ideas and stuff but she really oh. said well you got the fries when she ordered i them. don't like
1: any of her ideas
2: no she's a person <laughs> not to be trusted can you
1: believe that
2: shit? i was astounded
1: wow yeah Andrew. That's uh, crazy. I know.
2: It blew my mind. And as soon as he said it, I'm like, I have to
1: talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: not fucking Poor get over Danny. it. Danny. He didn't and deserve didn't, that. He did not.
1: So speaking of Australia, I wanna extend my condolences to you about Robin Gibb thank you, passing yeah. away. I know you're a gigantic Bee Gees fan. I am. So. I am.
2: It's so when I heard the news sad. I thought
1: immediately of you. So.
2: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, it's
1: How are you holding sad. up?
2: I'm okay. I mean it's kind of like we we expected it, you know, because we knew he'd been in a coma just like a month ago and he'd come out of it. But he was in the coma for like ten or twelve days and we knew it wasn't looking good, so we kind of we kind of expected it, so but yeah, but I mean I love the Bee Gees so much, and I mean you know when I was growing up I went through this whole ugh the Bee Gees because you know kids are like that, and you know in the eighties it's like ugh you know the whole disco thing was was bad, and I remember when we were kids my um there was this Bee Gees Greatest Hits album had come out and there were ads for it on TV all the time, so when my uh-huh. sister's birthday was coming up I kept saying oh I'm gonna give you the Bee Gees Greatest Hits for your birthday, <laughs> she was like oh no and it was this big joke, and then when her birthday did come like I made a fake cover for or just slipped it into an existing <laughs> CD and gave it to her. So it was like this big joke. But, you know, fast forward, like, not that many years later, and we're, like, actually buying different <laughs> Greatest Someone Hits compilations. <laughs> it's like, duh! So, yeah. So once I got over that, I just, yeah, it's just, you know, the Greatest Hits album is fantastic. And they're just so, so amazing. And people who are listening, if you're just like, yeah, you don't like the pulsettos and I don't like disco and I don't like staying alive, just... Forget that, then. I mean, it's great when you're wrong, but go back and listen to Bee Gees first. It's such a great album. It's from the '60s. It doesn't sound disco, and it's fucking amazing. There's so many hits on oh, yeah. it. It's it's a fantastic album. It's actually, I actually think I prefer that era more than the disco era. But I
1: still love the disco era, era of course.
2: But um, but uh, I still but, yeah. remember
1: seeing Barry Gibb on I don't know what it was like American Bandstand or something like that. And probably like eighty or something and going Oh, it was Andy Gibb. And my mouth like watered and I was probably six. Yes. I know that's disgusting, but I just had really had this little visceral reaction to him. Yeah.
2: I was confused about my feelings about Andy Gibb, but I kinda liked it. And I remember when he was on an episode (laughs) of Give Me a Break and I was like, What? He was Yes. He was. (laughs) He totally was Yeah, one of the girls was like stalking him, and she was hanging out the back to meet him, and then she fell asleep outside, and then Andy Gibb finished the rehearsal, and then he put his jacket on her to cover her, because she was asleep in the cold, and then when she woke up, she had a jacket that was embroidered with Andy Gibb, and she was so excited. Oh, Oh, and he was also in an episode of Punky
1: Brewster. Oh, I bet he was. Yeah. Do you remember when Ray Parker Jr. was on Give Me a Break?
2: (laughs) No, I do not.
1: Really and that. so of course it was building up to this line where someone goes oh oh I have to go make a phone call and he said you gonna, gonna call, call. <laughs> ah, but of course
2: well anyway anyway back to Robin back to Robin Poor sweet Robin, who has died. Um, so yes, yeah, so I never got to see the PGs live, and I always wanted to. And, and then Morris died in 2003, so it seemed less likely. And now Robin's gone, so there'll never be a PG show again. But hopefully Barry will do shows, and he actually did one solo show in February, a week after I was there. Wow. And Greg was freaking out because listen, the show sounded amazing. But hopefully, you know, once Barry's had time to, you know, grieve, he will he will do some shows and keep that magical music alive so yeah so I guess Aww. we're going to close tonight's show with uh, tonight I did that again close this show with um, <laughs> with uh, Massachusetts by the Bee Gees uh, featuring Robin on lead vocals so there you have it yeah, I love you Robin in beautiful beautiful voice
1: Aww. Aww. I'm actually kind of tearing up oh really? yeah, yeah. It's, so it's yeah so I hope all the listeners can handle the the emotiveness here on yes. Tini. yes. Depression,
2: anxiety, death of a gee, it's intense.
1: Miniature horses.
2: Miniature horses, oh god!
1: Full spectrum of emotions. One, two, yes. One, so I think that's all we have. Um, please call the Dong Mail. It's 323 301 Dong. Talk as long as you want. Um, Actually, it cuts, off after three.
2: it cuts off after three that's minutes.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah. Talk as long as you want for three minutes. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, we love you. Thank you for listening. Um, go to dongteeny.com and look at all the pictures of things we talk about today, like miniature horses and um, fries with poutine and Robin Gibbs, Harry Chest, and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so until next week, bye, Simone.
2: Bye, Stephanie. Bye.
1: Bye. bye. <laughs>
3: Massachusetts. Something's telling me I must go home. partnership with feralaudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective. This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit feralaudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.